What is up, fam? Welcome back to That's the Angle. And in this episode, I am joined by Crystal, aka the Musing Eye, aka the first guest on That's the Angle ever. Yes, over, actually, over, yeah, over two years ago or about two years ago, you get what I'm saying, was the first episode of That's the Angle where literally I asked her to talk to me on camera about a new, being a New York photographer versus me being a DC photographer. It turned out that ended up being episode one. And so now two years later in celebration, it was so nice to chat with her this time via Zoom because that's how we do things now. And just to see what she's up to, all the cool stuff she's been doing, her new job, life during quarantine, her thoughts on the freelance life. It was a really good conversation, fun time catching up. So yes, happy two years to me. And that's the angle. God, that sounds sad. (laughs) But anyways, guys, please show some love either by subscribing on the YouTube channel or just leaving a rating or a like on this podcast. Or if you can't even do that, you know, maybe just tell someone that you know of something really cool called a podcast called That's the Angle. That'd be cool too. Any help is help. So, all right, let's get into it. Enjoy. Doo-doo. That's the angle. That's the podcast. And we are live here with Crystal, aka the Musing Eye. What's going on? Welcome. Hey guys. Welcome back. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I am very happy to be here. I haven't seen your face in a very, very long time. Yo, it's been like two years. Was that the last time I saw you when I first did the podcast? So small world, you are actually the first podcast guest on that's the angle yeah but was that like the last time i saw you or, or no? yeah in person in person yeah yeah that's or, crazy or just like, like talk like this yeah and and guess yeah. what that was two this month it was june this month oh, so, so the podcast is officially two years old this month wow congratulations thanks but at the same time yeah I, that's I crazy like i know isn't that nuts yeah i'm like i'm so happy you kept going with it because right? like it was kind of like a, it was like a new thing for you at that time but you really like pushed it and like had a lot of other cool people on here. Yeah, here, let me let me let me show you something real quick because we got yeah. the power of Zoom. Nice. <laughs> oh sh- look at this. Oh. The, the, there's no sound, but look, this is literally the first episode <laughs> of That's kid. the Angle. Look at you, you have a whole different oh. uh, actually you saw front bangs. You still kind of look the same. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I'm such a different it's crazy. I feel like so, looking at that now, I feel like I'm such a different person. It's so right? weird. <laughs> like, it's That's only so it's only two years ago, but it feels like five or something. Yeah, I feel like, uh, I don't know. I'm kind of at this phase right now where, like, when people meet me, I'm, like, a different person just because I've like, grown so much as a person and, like, as an artist and just mm-hmm. experiencing different things and stuff. Yeah, it really makes you think, like, a lot can happen in two years. A lot, a lot can happen in one year, <laughs> right? Like, let alone yeah. the past like six months. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, like, I really like, think so. Like, it's yeah. so, it's so crazy. Like, I don't know if I, I don't know why, but I feel like time has been slowing down as I get older and as I like get more centered in myself and the things that I'm passionate mm-hmm. about. I feel like time just slows. A, I mean, at least for me, it just slows mm-hmm. down. It feels like something that was two years ago was five years ago. Mm. Maybe I think. Um, Time feels faster now, mm. but I think growth is also faster. Right? So, yeah. Is it I, don't, like a- I never understand people who are like exactly the same when I haven't <laughs> seen them in a long time. I'm like, how, how does that happen? Like you just in your, in your place. 
It's like you, you but, didn't progress as a human or, or anything. Right? You, just, you just sort of, <laughs> just sort of like limboed Basically. around. What the hell have you been doing? Well, I don't know. Yeah. How have I mean, you been? What have you been up to? I've been great. Uh, so in that video, uh, no longer at that studio. I've been out of that studio for like a mm-hmm. year. Yeah. And uh, which is nice. But, you know, everyone's yeah. got to have like a beginner studio. And that was it for me. Yeah, no, I think that's always a really, really good start just because it gives you so much more of your personal space. And just I think having physical space is always really important. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, I think people underestimate the value of that. But I think when you have like a physical space, whether it's your room or or just a place to be creative, I think it changes the whole game. Yeah, Yeah, so really good for you. I definitely noticed that like I do less creative things actually because I don't have the Mm -hmm. studio like that was kind of like Mm -hmm. my creative space but there's a give and take to everything right Mm -hmm. yeah and I think also sometimes when you're just in that space where you know there's going to be creativity or like Mm -hmm. you just see lights you just start to kind of get more inspired and creative yeah yeah, it's sure. definitely different when it's like not set up all the time. It's so weird. It's like when you're in the yeah. studio, like you said, the juices get flowing. Like you start like seeing mm-hmm. something on the shelf, and you're like, maybe I'll, maybe I'll do this. But dude, mm-hmm. that podcast setup was so janky. Like I, I had, yeah. I was using my DSLR that was on a tripod mm-hmm. with just like a shotgun mic, and I could only record for like thirty <laughs> minutes at a time. That podcast was like yeah. thir- the podcast was like forty five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> And the pillow in between. Yeah. <laughs> that was hilarious. I, I, I wish I never left that pillow there. I wish I kept it. Yeah. I still remember that day, though. I still remember everything about it. Just the whole... Because I was really sick that week, I remember. And then I was, like, trying... I was getting over a fever. So I just remember at that time, just, like, going there. It was, like... It was perfect. It just, it, it like, happened very smoothly, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I thought so too. And it was so cool to like get your perspective at that time. Like the title was like yeah. DC photographer talks to New York city <laughs> photographer, which still is yeah. a valid thing, but it's just, it is. it's, it's so nuts. Like, Oh my God. Mm-hmm. It's so weird to think of like just how much has happened as people. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we should do another one in like two or three years and see where we are. Yeah. Like, I can't stop yeah. now. Like doing a podcast for two years, which honestly I've seen so many podcasts come and go since then. It feels mm-hmm. good. Like it feels yeah. good to just yeah have been consistent and always upgrading mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. No, I feel like um, I'm uh, like, I really commend you on like doing this just cause like I wanted to do a YouTube channel. I don't know on what, but I just didn't have the energy and the commitment. And I think like a lot of the times it's the consistency that's more scary than anything else. Cause you know, everybody can do one thing and then just stop. But I think like with you, you've really like taken it and been consistent. Like I see your stuff. So yeah, Yeah. like I I think that's great. Yeah. Yeah. And it's only going to keep growing from here. Like even if you can't see the end goal, like you, you know, it's going to grow if you just keep going at it. And most people just, we don't, we're too afraid to, go through that journey. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a really good thing to just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, I appreciate that. I'm not, I wasn't like fishing for a compliment, but I'll take it on a two year anniversary, <laughs> even though like, I'll, like I'm, I'm just making today like the two year anniversary, but like two yeah. years in the scheme of things, it feels like not a long time to have been doing anything. So to be impatient about it or yeah. to be sort of like, why don't I have more subs or why don't I have more of this? Right, right. Why don't I have more listens? Right. It's like, it's only been two years, bro. Like yeah. I mean, people are just finally... Yeah. I mean, also, like, speaking about, like, comparisons and why don't, like, I think that's also, like, a big thing that I've gone through Mm -hmm. 
and still go through but it's I think in the beginning like I was very harsh on myself where I was like I'm not I'm not there or you know like why have I not gotten published in Vogue or something like that but I think now like I'm more comfortable or even even if I do have those those thoughts I'm able to like step back and kind mm. of like wait that's not my journey when the time is right or is that even really what I want want or is that just what I want because that's what everybody is saying they want so uh. I think like it's a very individual thing and I just think people need to stop comparing themselves I mean, including myself, but I think that can be very destructive to your yeah. progress. It really can, especially something like photography yeah. where you can so easily just scroll down and see someone shooting for L cover. And you're yeah. Like, but you don't see the 10, five years that they right. put in to right. even get to that position, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was telling someone else the other day, uh, like someone was talking about how someone like, did some big project, but I'm like, yeah, you don't know if that happened overnight or if that person has actually been doing that since 15. And and if, even if that did happen overnight, like it might've just been chance or might've th been through a friend or through a connection. And mm -hmm. you just you just can't like think like that. It's just only gonna destroy you. <laughs> oh my God, I know. It's like, it's like checking my subs every day, even though it's like been amazing, it kind of, it could destroy me if I'm like, oh, but this guy got, 10k in a month what the hell am i doing yeah. you know it's like yeah yeah but i mean so much has like changed for you like it's not like we have been watching each other over like two years and like like loosely communicating like I, i've been watching you like you've grown so much like as a person and a photographer especially thank you yeah i think it's really it's really really been a journey uh and i say that because I feel like as an artist, we separate our personal life from like our business or our art life or our production or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I actually think they go so much hand in hand. Really? And I think um, for when I first met you or for the podcast, I mean, I was in that mindset of creating things for people and for clients and making them happy and they were the priority. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't creating anything that I actually wanted to do. Oh. And exactly this time last year, I was like, well, what is it that I want to do? And I had no clue. All these, oh. all this time, like obviously what you produce is always going to be a part of you because it's, it's an extension of you as you're shooting. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it was always what I thought people wanted to see or what I thought was my brand. Um. And I just no longer resonated with that. So like that was like a huge like... Uh, I kind of had like a quarter life crisis type of situation going on and I'm still, still kind of in that journey still, but right now it's like, um, I know what I don't want to do and I know what's not me. So it's, I'm still figuring it out, but it's getting clearer and clearer as I like, uh, progress. Ah, that's, that's an interesting thing. Like creating what you think, uh, like what the client wants to see or like what yeah, you think going to get likes or whatever it might be. <clears throat> Yeah, I was so focused on the numbers. I was so focused on getting the right clients, the big clients. And I thought that like I needed to really produce something that was very commercial mm -hmm. and very like uh, just getting for the money and just survive. I was basically on survival mode with everything. Um, but yeah, I'm realizing that after you have a certain amount of that, you can start to do things that fit who you are as an artist better. Mm. what's that sound in the background uh sorry is that distracting i am 
What? Let me know if it's, it's stopped. Yeah. Oh, oh, I don't know. I, I just didn't know. Yeah, yeah, it's got. Yeah, it, was was, a, was, it was a phone. It was another phone call. Oh, 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 okay. My fault, my fault. Yeah. I forgot yeah, you're in New York. Fault. You guys are literally on top of each other. How dare I expect privacy? <laughs> How dare I expect privacy? Yeah, I didn't realize like my boyfriend and I were going to have meetings at this time and I was trying to find a better place to get to, but. Oh, it's okay. Then yeah. no worries. Can you hear my AC, by the way? Like my AC is like right behind me. Can you hear it in your headphones at all? No. I'm okay. good. You're, I'm, oh, you're good. Yeah. Oh, okay, good. Because I didn't. I don't want. I wouldn't want to listen back, and I'd hear like the fan buzzing, and I'm just sitting here like, oh crap. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. 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 No worries. No worries. No But yeah. Um. But as you were saying, like, like shooting for yourself and, and finding like your own voice. Like, what, what, what happened? So you kind of had that like epiphany moment, and then, and then what'd you start doing? So I actually, so I'm going to move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a little bit more quiet, but um, I went to Florida mm -hmm. and I have never been to like a Florida beach place in my life before. Cause I, I've always been in the city. And when I went to Florida, that was kind of like a life changing moment just because it was the first real vacation I ever had in my life. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, like as an adult. And yeah. it was only two for two nights, three days. But I think the change of scenery really, really, really helped. Um, I think being in the city, like living in the city, being in the city and that hustle life, like I think I'm realizing now, like people glamorize that. And I was definitely a big part of it. And I wouldn't take it back. But at the same time, it's very toxic because you're not giving your body a break. And why that's so important is because when you give your body a break, you're also giving your mind a break. And when you give your mind a break, you have more room for imagination and for creativity. And when you're just pounding out content for clients, for Instagram, for whatever the case, you're never giving your imagination room to grow. So once I started realizing I have to take more time to figure out who I am as a person, that's when I can figure out what I do want to create. Um, and when I went to Florida, I saw like, you know, just nature and the possible. It's so crazy. Cause like, I just didn't grow up in nature. So me, so for me seeing nature was like uh, very surreal and, it was very, it reminded me of a lot of the surreal artists that I was in love with, like, um, oh, wow. you know, Salvador Dali, for example. And mm -hmm. I've always like wished that I could create surrealism in photography, but just something about that moment, it just felt surreal. And um, I just captured some images and I felt like that there was, it was kind of like a light bulb went off when I was, where I was like, that's, that's this is this feels really good this feels very like something that i should be doing um mm, that's interesting so yeah, yeah. That, that's really interesting that like it, it took just that little bit for you to feel sort of centered again because like you're you're right we everyone sort of glamorizes the hustle culture the grind 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 no one champions the how about just relax and think about life and, and get some perspective yeah. and just like yeah deflate a little bit and just whew, yeah. take a breath and take things in yeah um i mean like it's not easy to just say that and do it just because like you literally still are you know as a freelancer you're looking for, you're constantly looking for jobs you're constantly networking you're constantly you know you have to look out for yourself but you also have to take care of your mental health and your physical health and 
I'm still not there all the way, but I can definitely say that I've improved a lot. And like a lot of the work that I've been able to create that I'm happy with have only come out of me being in tune with myself, if that makes mm. sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, but you're not freelancing anymore, right? You you took a job no. at Business Insider. Congrats, by the way. Yeah, thank you. I know I've been watching <laughs> that, and that's been so incredible to watch. And like, thank you. And there's so many like perspectives you could have on like a freelancer going in that direction or everything. Like, what was the decision there? So it actually goes hand in hand with what we're talking about. I was mm. just so so tired of freelancing. Like it was really taking a toll on my body because you know as a photographer or a videographer even you're constantly having a backpack on your shoulder you have several tripods you have lighting I was doing gigs that didn't have room for me to charge anywhere so I was carrying multiple battery packs um walking on my feet and just you know no rest and then you come home and then you're looking and sorting through the photos and then you're immediately editing because like you know if you don't respond right away they may not want to work with you again and there was just a lot of anxiety and i was just always on this hyper alert never sleeping and i just had it like my body was just like you got to I was crashing all the time. I was burning out. I was starting to, I wouldn't say I was getting depressed, but I was starting to feel a little bit like I didn't have purpose because it was, I was always on this like grinding mode. Um, and then I realized like, I really need to get my body checked out. Like I need to, like uh, my spine was fucked up from carrying bags and stuff. So actually that was the biggest motivation for trying to get, originally I was looking for a part-time job um but you know it's almost impossible to find a part-time photography job so i just found this yeah. one open for business insider and i literally was just like you know i know about this i used to read it why not and it just kind of happened and i just kind of went along with it um i wanted to kind of also step back and see how i was doing and kind of take a break before i do freelancing again um but so far the journey at Business Insider has been very good for me mm -hmm. in the sense where I'm, I'm learning. Uh, there's a lot of room for growth, um, a lot of flexibility to put my input. Um, and I don't have to worry about the freelancing stuff so much. So I'm still freelancing on the side, but it's very, very selective. Yeah, it's like, um, what, it's like what you want to do. And also it's, yeah. it's, yeah, you're right. The freelance life is very much like gig to gig, hustle to hustle. Will this client still like me? How do I get my next gig? Especially you working mm -hmm. in New York where it's hyper competitive, where, you yeah. know, where, like you said, you have to turn things around in like 24, you know, 48 hours, whatever it is. It's like, and if you don't, it might not happen again. Like I can imagine how that pressure is like amplified being in, in that sort of petri dish. Yeah, of the city. I mean, I, I don't know if it's just that I don't talk to enough freelancers because most of my friends don't freelance completely mm -hmm. but um i feel like that's not something we talk about a lot like exactly the, like i i know people talk about burnout but i don't really hear like for example one of the things i never really hear people talk about is how much of a facade you have to put in to people um to be likable and i think Ooh. like for example like for example when i go to an event Mm -hmm. I have to be on my social game. Like I have to turn that on. Like as a freelancer uh, or in general? Well, as a freelancer. Yeah. Um, because you go into the mindset of an event or a networking place where you're trying to get a client or you're trying mm -hmm. to get a friend of a client or a client of a client. Um, 
So I was always on my like social game phase, but I'm actually very introverted. Yeah. So that was like, that was, it was a really good learning experience, but I definitely pushed myself far beyond my breaking point. Mm -hmm. And I think like, I didn't know what my real personality was because I was always putting on like this super chill, like friendly, um, outgoing, bubbly person that I really am not. <laughs> or I mean, I am, but and, I'm and, also, and that's and that's the self awareness yeah. part of like freelancing. It's like it's like you were like you know this is kind of killing me. I'm not as extroverted maybe as I wanted to be for freelancing, but it's like mm-hmm. it's almost as if freelancing can almost like I don't think anyone wants to freelance their entire life. You know, like that. It just mm-hmm. seems like freelancing. It seems like a a stretch of time where you hustled to get to a certain spot with a little more stability. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, th- <laughs> I think in hindsight, I wish that I definitely didn't jump hard into it and with no plan. But um, that's just something I had to learn because that you know that's also part of my personality to just kind of be impulsive. But <laughs> like I definitely learned a lot, and I would uh, like I wouldn't take anything back. But I definitely think like it's it's definitely not something you can just do and expect to do for the rest of your life. Like yeah. it's it's very difficult to sustain. Oh, 100%. I mean, how are you going to like yeah. build relationships and build a family and like, and, and, and even in, in that life, it, your creative and your personal work, it all blurs together. Like it all becomes this giant thing where it's like uh, freelance and creative and business. It's like, what am I building here? It's like, which yeah. one is it? Yeah. And then like the thing with um, working for a company is, you know, typically when it's six o'clock, you clock out, you don't have to touch the work. And they also, I mean, depending on the company, they'll tell you, don't worry about it. We'll do it tomorrow. Or, you know, or in some cases, like, you know, it can wait or something like that. It's like a collective decision. But as a personal, uh, like as a freelancer, you don't, you may have that option, but I think there's always that like anxiety in the back of your head where you're like, well, I should just go ahead and finish this. So I don't have to deal with this later. Or like if a client texts me, Hey, are the photos going to be ready? Is there any way you could do them by tonight? That's so true. Is like, is the client texting you at like six o'clock when normally you'd be like clocked out and living your own life and decompressing? Right. It's like now all of a sudden you have this extra pressure because you know what that means. Like those texts mean like, I want this shit now. And as a freelancer, like, I can't ruin this relationship. Yeah. And I think that's like, um, that's also something that I've learned to have boundaries. And um, basically, <laughs> a little pro tip, you just charge everything. So if they want something rushed, you're like, yeah, sure, I can get that done. It's just oh, going to cost you an extra blah, blah, blah amount of money. And, um, you know, some people, they're going to back out and some people, but I think it, I think I've learned how to have boundaries. And when you have boundaries, you also, uh, people respect you a little bit more. So that's kind of a positive thing that I've also learned, but at the same time, you still want to meet their expectations as a, as your own boss and your own manager and your own client, uh, having your own client. So there is that pressure, even if you say like, I'm not going to be able to get that done. Well, that's the thing with freelancing is like, there is no off switch. Like when you're done with business insider at six o'clock or whatever time you get off, it's like, you could shut it off and pick it up tomorrow. You might still think about it like anyone else, but it's not like, Oh, I can do more. I could go into the office and do just a little bit more. It's like, no, you, (laughs) you, you compartmentalize that. And that's the thing that no one talks about of like why freelancing can get so 
bad for you mentally is because there is no shut off. It's like, do you yeah. want to go hang out with friends, which is actually a healthy for you? Like contrary to hustle mm-hmm. belief where hanging out with friends is a bad idea. It's like, well, maybe you need to hang out with friends to like decompress and to get some yeah. dopamine and to like, you know. It's actually really, really interesting you brought that up because I realized like I don't have any friends <laughs> or like I do. I, I have like a close, you know, a few close friends, but um, I haven't really developed friendships that I would have wanted to the, over the past uh. few years as much as I wanted to because I always chose work over hanging out and a lot of the times they weren't things that I could control like for example let's say I didn't get any gigs during the week but all my gigs were on the weekend but my friends want to hang out I can't I really I just can't like I that this if I don't work on the weekend then I'm not gonna I don't know when I'm gonna get work or maybe maybe I'm not gonna get work or something might be canceled and again like that you know everybody's different just because like you know obviously you know, you can plan it out a little bit better and you can have boundaries for yourself. Um, And it's just about like knowing where you are and knowing when you're going to get those gigs. But at the same time, there's the unknown. So it's, it's a difficult thing to balance. Yeah, it really is. It's it, and it's scary too, especially like if you were still freelancing when all this pandemic should happen. Like I can imagine the the stress. Oh imagine that stress. Like, is my check gonna come in? Like, is this gonna happen? Like, all your clients just disappear. Yo, so I could not be more grateful for having taken Business <laughs> Insider. Like, I mean, like I've always been very happy there, and because I've done corporate jobs in the past mm-hmm. and I've had, I've, I was miserable. I was very miserable, very depressed because it was so corporate to the point where you're only allowed to do that one thing and mm-hmm. you just do it repetitively. And that's your only job. And if you want to do something else, like it's just not going to, they're not going to let you do that. Yeah. So coming from that experience and then having a stressful and fun social, um, not social uh, freelancing life and then going to a really cool, like corporate, like kind of a, it's not a startup for sure, but it has that vibe in the sense that people oh, wow. can wear, wear whatever they want to, and you can pitch ideas. Um, if you know you, you're free, free to experiment stuff if you think it's going to help um, your project or whatever. And then um, realizing the pandemic happened, like I honestly just everything just I think happened for a reason, um, and. It seems uh, like yeah, it, like I, you went, you, you like you had your Florida epiphany and then you, all of a sudden you were looking for jobs and boom, it popped up. It's like, talk about perfect timing when you perfectly need them. Yeah. And you know? the universe is just, crazy like that. It really is. And like, just talking to like my freelance friends who were like struggling and stuff. And I was just like, I would have probably had 10 mental breakdowns <laughs> if I were still doing freelancing uh, during this whole pandemic. And I mean, I don't even know. I don't know. Like, just, I don't know. Honestly, like, it's just mind blowing to me, like the anxiety and just talking to my freelance friends. Yeah. I mean, but essentially it almost seems like a little bit of structure and stability isn't bad for creative people, which I think people always like to disassociate from is saying Mm -hmm. that like, corporate America, fuck them and stuff like that. But like, well, no, 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 no. How about the idea that like a little bit is good for you and that it leaves you enough, to, it leaves you time to do what you actually want to do. Yeah. Um, it's, it, I, I'm glad you brought that up. I think like our generation, maybe I'm jumping to conclusion, but I do feel like at least from the people that I've met in my, in New York, 
I think a lot of people think freelancing is fun and it's easy and it gives you so much flexibility and that corporates are all bad and corporate, yeah. you know, for working for someone else is like being a slave, but actually I feel more free now than I was a freelancer. I mean, obviously just because I am in that, uh, that place in my life where I need something like this. Uh, but the other thing about freelancing that I think a lot of people don't talk about, at least with um, in the fashion industry, which I was in, is that the time structure is so like weird. So, for mm-hmm. example, you might have a photo shoot at 6 a.m. or 7 a.m. because you need the sunlight or you need to be on a street where nobody is there at that time. Mm-hmm. Or you may even have like an overnight shoot because you need to shoot at night for whatever reason. And so then that disrupts your sleeping cycle and then like your work cycle. Like you don't have like a set like nine to five or like a certain Uh. amount every day. Whereas, and so that actually also affected like my sleeping schedule. And like, you know, if you're this type of person who's okay with that, then that's great. But if your personality type needs like a routine, which I I do, or I've discovered that I do better with routine Mm -hmm. than like, like having a set morning and evening routine that like was not there at all because I would just come home, look at my photos, send them back and then pass out and then wake up, go to my next gig. And then maybe during the day, like if I did have extra time, I would spend that time looking for more gigs or going to an event or trying to catch up with a friend or you know or something like that and there's like a cascading thing of effects of of just bad sleep in general like good sleep is very important good sleep eating well like all this shit is good for the mental and good for the body and like i'm actually reading a book (laughs) called (laughs) right next to my yeah because like i i honestly um um like if i really if i can say something like please i really yeah like i really I'm I'm still suffering the consequences of uh, poor management of my freelance life. Mm. Um, as in, like, um, my sleeping habits are still a little bit fucked up or, like, um, mm. my spine. You know, just a lot of, like, ang- in general, like, um, I still have, like, anxiety over finishing deadlines or, you know, certain things that I've, like... <laughs> brought with me from freelancing um yeah and i I mean everybody is different for me i think it was a huge impact because the environment and the industry that i was in was very harsh and also it was something that was completely brand new to me um and i just kind of dived you know head in first so i would say like honestly like it's very important to know what you're doing to like have it. It's like, don't glamorize it. You got to really look at the reality of the situation. You got to make sure you got enough money in your savings. You got to make sure you know how to look for jobs. You know, like it's totally fine to do freelancing, but like know what you're getting yourself into Mm -hmm. and the complete reality, including taxes. Yeah. <laughs> Tax reports, saving all your receipts, um, budgeting and and just all of that put together. And also not just that, but like knowing what to do with backups and sending people files. Like there's just so much that goes into it that I think that I just w- I just was like kind of like didn't really think about when I first got into it. 
Yeah, there's so much that is not said or no one's really talked about. Like no one really talks about all those little minute things that really start to eat at freelancing and that mindset and stuff. Yeah. It's like the little tiny sort of Legos you step on that just kind of build up. It's like, ah, oh, damn it. Like, uh, did I save that shoot? Did I do this? Did mm-hmm. I do that? But like, yeah. I think a little bit of that anxiety towards what you're doing now might be a good thing. I'm sure you're like a rock star at the at, at Business Insider. They're like, <laughs> damn, she gets things in like ASAP. Like, what is this? Yo, so when I first started, they were like, oh, that's not a priority. You don't have to do this. Like, you're already done. And I was like, this is me being slow. Like, <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. I was so used to just grinding. Mm-hmm. But I, I was very pleasantly surprised to hear that because it gave me room to kind of step back and produce better quality work. Mm. I see what you're saying. Yeah, a little bit of like air to breathe about it. Mm-hmm. So how long have you been at Business Insider now? Uh, since September. So since like September. six, seven, eight months. Oh, wow. And, and, so yeah. how, and so it seems like it's a positive thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a really good... Um, it's almost like a break to me, to be completely honest, just because like uh, the work is not... Uh, it's, it's, some, it's like a routine for me. Mm. So it's nice to like kind of get into that. And then um, once I'm done with like my day-to-day work, I'll come home and like, um, right now I'm not too focused on producing stuff. I'm more focused on like taking a step back. I think 2020 is kind of like the year for like everybody to like reflect. And I'm it really, really feeling, is. Yeah. And like, I mean, who am I producing for at this time anyway? So I'm just really taking the time to enjoy looking back and like uh learning new skills to move forward no you're so right what's like when have has the entire world had a three four months and still going sabbatical uh to like think about what they want to do in life what they value what they treasure like what's important yeah. to them and, and to realize that instagram ain't shit why am i <laughs> making crazy. content for instagram like why am i making all this stuff like Instagram ain't getting me all the clients. Like, why am I wasting my time with that shit sometimes? Or or even further yeah. than that, you know? It's it's kind of like you audit yourself during this whole break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, um, I mean, look, I don't think anybody should regret doing anything because as long as you learn something from it and, mm-hmm. and you can take that with you. But I, I do agree with what you're saying. And um the whole Instagram thing was crazy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Instagram is a crazy place for now. I don't even want to log on anymore. I'm just like, oh, god damn it. Everyone's yelling at me on there. Yeah, yeah. Do yeah, this, like a t- do that, <laughs> support this, support that. Ah, it's like, oh my God. It's like, it's like I have this like visual of like my phone just like yelling at me whenever I open it. I'm like, oh, and I just like put it down because it's just like, yeah. god damn. Yeah, I, I put a time limit on it. Um, and I feel like that helped, like it's an hour every day. So like I give myself room to go on it and like see what's up with the world Mm -hmm. and catch up and stuff. But once that hour hits, I'm like, all right, I've been here for an hour. Let's get off. Like it's too much. Do you have like an app for that? Or is that just your, that's just on my iPhone. (laughs) Oh, you can look on it. So I don't, I think it's in your settings. You can set a timer for all the apps that you have. So, um, Yeah, it it's pretty recent that I've done this. I didn't know you could even do that. That's a that's a sick feature. Yeah. Oh snap! Well, note note to self. <laughs> yeah. So 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 this whole business insider thing, like, what what has that been like? Because I feel like that, like, 
even seeing the work you produce from that has been really good. Like it doesn't look like it's been creatively stifling. Like it looks like it's been like solid work that you're proud of. Yeah. Um, so most of the stuff that I do are product photography, um, Mm -hmm. or event photography or basically whatever comes every day. It's different. Um, sometimes I'll be shooting for like a column, like for example, one of the things that I shoot for is the sex and relationship column, which is absolutely hilarious. That sounds fun. It is. It's hilarious. So people will come in with a question every week, like the audience or the readers. And, um, depending on the question or the prompt, I have to create a visual and I'll often collaborate with like the graphics team to create like a visual that goes with the story. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the work is conceptual because obviously you can't go out and photograph certain topics, but um, you try to make it creative by still sticking to the style of business insider, which is like vibrant, fun, um, straight to the point, but still creating something that tells the story through other objects or other ideas. And that's not so like directly translated. Ah, so so something like this. Yeah, exactly. So this so this was for a Beats headphone review, mm-hmm. um, and they were like, "You can do whatever you want to with it." And I just I didn't know what to do, and I had some fish string, and I was like, "Let me just see what happens if I float them in the air," <laughs> and it just kind of went from there. And then I put this material in the bottom, and then through some gel lights and it just kind of, yeah, just kind of happened. And so, so these photos were all done like in camera, like this wasn't like you took a photo of it floating and then it was completely edited. Like, and that water was added and stuff like that. Uh, No, that's yeah. So I really try not to Photoshop anything. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I really like prefer doing everything in camera. So this was done with, uh, I hung it with a fish string and I Photoshopped the clear string out and then the, Reflective thing is just the material. Oh, it looks like water. And yeah, um, so it, it's the, it's a material called mylar, and oh. I've used it in like you probably know what it is. Um, and if you like kind of flick it a little bit, it gives you like this water quality. Um, and I think one of the qualities of the features of the Beats headphone was maybe like water resistant or something. And I think that's why I put that there. I'm not sure. Well, yeah, I hope so because I see. Back when you could go to the gym, you'd see people at the gym with like these with, with these earmuff like beats on their head, which makes no right. goddamn sense. I'm like, I'm like, why do you want to wear earmuffs when you're on the treadmill? That seems torturous. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I agree. So, so it'll yeah. be stuff like this, like day to day. It'll be like, okay, we have a Beats column, and they'll be like, you just need to do something with Beats headphones, and they'll be like, go buy Beats and go just figure it out, or will they be like, here's a direction or whatever. Um, it really depends on the reporter. So I work with like different people a lot of the times, but usually they don't, they don't really care as long as I'm getting all, all angles of the product. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's a, it's a, when you go on the media, it's a review, right? So they'll write about the newest release of Beats headphone and they'll write about the specs and like what the qualities of it, what the new features are. And I can, I'll usually photograph some plain ones if they're just talking about it. But if it's like a highlight of the year or like um, the best headphones of the year, then I'm going to like really glamorize it. 
So in a way, it does sound a little freelancey, like you don't know what the thing is going to be, but it sounds kind of fun to have to kind of make it up and to kind of be yeah. creative with whatever it is. Yeah, that's why I think I really enjoy working at Business Insider is the flexibility and like they're always open, even if it's not something you can do right then and there, they're always open to ideas and different pitches. Plus, dude, like, I'm not going to lie. You know, you can't lie. It sounds really cool. Like, <laughs> like I don't know what your title is there. It's like, I'm the photographer <laughs> business insider, bitch. Like, like that's just a flex. Like, that's like a whole, like, career flex that's, like, that's yeah. so cool. I mean, if you ever come by New York, I'll de- I can definitely stop by. Bro, I ain't coming by New York anytime <laughs> soon. Let me tell you. Like, I... Oh, yeah. Uh, no way. I'm, I'm scared. I'm scared. Uh What's it what's it like there by the way? Like what's the climate there? Like are you scared to go no, outside? I, like honestly, like? since the protests, I think everything has been kind of dismantled. Like I don't really think social distancing is a thing. People are still wearing masks, of course, and like um, mm-hmm. you know, but it's if you go to a park, people will be playing volleyball, sweating together. Right. <laughs> so Okay, yes. DC is not yeah. much different. It's weird how people want to be like selectively social distance. Like if, if I walk by them on the sidewalk, they want to pull up their mask like I have leprosy. Right? But like if we're going to be in a park, everyone's sitting a foot away from yeah. each other drinking and sharing drinks. It's like, what's going on it's here? It's the same. It's the same here. It's so weird. I, uh, like a part of me is like, is this real or are we just in a matrix? <laughs> Right. It's like, it's like, it's like, okay, we can, we can, we can gather and and disobey social distancing if we're protesting or Black Lives Matter, or if it's a block party where they're closing down parts of the street. But you know, if you're at a restaurant or if you have an events business or you're trying to enjoy your damn life. No, no, no. You got to social distance because there's, there's. What about you? How has, um, how has this whole experience been for you? The whole Yeah. And just, just like, you know, either personally or just, reflections or any anything that you've discovered or working on um so in my opinion i've i have a couple of viewpoints on it because i think it it's something that no one asked for right but it also exposed a lot of like business-wise it exposed holes in your Mm -hmm. business like did you have Mm -hmm. that savings like were you prepared like like why didn't i have contracts for some of these gigs you know like for that were reoccurring because I, they could have been having to pay me, but then I would have felt weird about it. So it's mm-hmm. like it, because I still sort of freelance it, it kind of gets like, it all got cut off. Like no one wants to hire you. No one's looking for work. Like no place wants to hire you for social media content because they can't even open their doors. So it's like, it's that. And so, I mean, of course I've been, you know, getting the unemployment yeah. shit cause I got yeah, no yeah. choice. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, financially I, I've been just fine cause I've always lived below yeah. my means which is something that yeah. I guess I'm yeah. a, a tight ass for doing, but I kind of just always do that. But, um, but personally, uh, it made me like look at everything that I'm doing and, and kind of assess like, what do I find the most mm. joy from? Like what's working mm-hmm. here? Like, like what do I want to do more of? And personally for me, it happens to be video mm. content. Like, I find myself like if this is photography and this is video content, I find myself sort of like veering off into the video side. Like, I don't know what it is. It's like, I kind of had this realization. I was like, am I shooting for Instagram? Like, am I just creating shit to have something to post? Like, what do I really care about here? And and I was like, I care more about having art shows, producing art shows in, in doing my podcast. Yeah. And, Um, 
Yeah, I yeah, feel yeah. like what you're saying is actually very true. Like, um, right? Like, I feel like uh, a lot of your your big work has been for like galleries, or at least that's what I feel like I've seen. And like your YouTube channel mm -hmm. seems to be like your main focus, and I think that's really amazing. Like, I would love to have my own show. Yeah, eventually. Like, well, I I I just realized I was like I realized that too many. If you're gonna invest your time into social platforms, I want to invest my time into one that has the most benefits mm -hmm. for me. In in YouTube, it mm -hmm. pays me. The subs on there mean a lot more than any Instagram right. follower. And in in the growth room on, on YouTube is like insane. And plus I enjoy that content more. Yeah. Um, and and no one can take that away right. from me. That's what I really enjoy is that no matter what happens, people always want to be entertainment. Mm. People want to listen mm -hmm. to podcasts, people want to do things, and it's like I really love that aspect and I love um, just that sort of form of thing. And so now it's kind of like, if I'm going to do photography, it's going to be for clients. And if it's creative, it's usually for like an exhibition mm. or something like more, more like fine art based, like and, and that in turn and that me shooting for like an exhibition in turn turns into me producing an art show, which is just content for my, in YouTube yeah, yeah, stuff yeah. as well. So it, it, it I've I've actually really mm -hmm. found this sort of flow with my life of of how everything sort of feeds into each other, and now it's just about like greasing that wheel and keeping that yeah. momentum going, and keeping being consistent and keeping going and mm -hmm. keeping going. And um, it's been really working out because I gotta say, like throughout this whole quarantine, I've just been producing YouTube content and doing stuff, and like the growth has just yeah. been insane, yeah, insane, insane. Yeah. I mean, I think especially now it's so relevant. Like, I mean, I, I listen to podcasts all the time, especially when I'm just like sitting down and editing. And I also feel like oh, the, the, the culture of podcasts have grown exponentially, not, not just within mm -hmm. the quarantine, of course, but I think just in general, like it's a really big part of our lives, like, especially when you're commuting and things like that. And I think that's really good to, I think everybody, if, if like that's what you're meant to do, then I feel like you should do that. Yeah. It, it feels the most right and the most rewarding at the same time. Yeah. So in a way, Corona, thank you. <laughs> like, I'm not going to lie. I, I was an introvert to begin with. So Corona was just like, welcome to my that's world, hilarious. you know? <laughs> yeah. A lot of my uh, other introverted friends are like, oh, I've been living this life before the Corona even happened. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah i mean so overall it's it's um it's been really eye-opening mm -hmm. um but i feel like i've grown mm -hmm. from it so yeah that's good mm -hmm. yeah it's it's great it's great i mean shit two years in podcast still going just hit 2.3 thousand wow, subs on YouTube, which is insane well, to me what is Dude. like your your advice on the YouTube world and like the podcast world, I guess. Oh, well, I mean, I only got 2.3. <laughs> I don't know shit, but I will say as, as, as someone who's like really gaining a lot of momentum is just consistency and always trying to create content that you like, because if I was trying to create content for subs, I'd just be creating like how to videos and like camera reviews and bullshit film mm -hmm. stuff. But like I might sprinkle some of that in because I'm not stupid, but like I would say create for yourself and be consistent, especially with podcasts. Yeah. I kind of feel like, um, 
like when social media happened, everybody kind of jumped on it and went a little crazy with the whole production, like producing and regurgitating materials and producing stuff. And I think now it seems to be shifting into something a little more groundedness um, and mm. kind of like, it seems like everybody is shifting their content into something more genuine, if that makes sense. Uh, like, I don't I... know if you've noticed this, but I noticed this in like the people that I follow where like it used to be all about the visuals and like just being cool. But now like, because everyone's so tired of social media or like so like tired of seeing the same thing over and over everyone seems to be like well what is it that i actually really want to do and people are slowing down the number of content being produced but each production seems to be better uh, I see you say, I think that's also a side effect of Corona yeah. is everyone ran out of things to <laughs> post. Too. And then people started realizing that like, wait a minute, I don't need to post every day, right. twice a day at 11 a.m. and 6, and 6 p.m. Like life isn't about my yeah. Instagram posts. Life is about like me and using this tool to like show my life and to enjoy my life. Like this isn't a reflection mm -hmm. of my success. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But no, I, I think you have a good point. Like now, even myself, like I'm posting personal photos on my Instagram. I would never have done that last year this time. Yeah. I think, you know, yeah, I think so too. Um, right. I, I think this was the first time I did like a self portrait with like an actual setup during the quarantine. Cause I, mm. I was kind of in like a shock the first month, the fact over the fact that I couldn't, shoot anybody or i can go out and meet someone to shoot and it was kind of going a little stir crazy so i decided to shoot myself that was a surprisingly very therapeutic experience just because like i think i had been living in this fast-paced lifestyle and then kind of slowing down and getting to shoot yourself is such a reflective moment even if it is like a very mm -hmm. physical or like a visual thing um and like the first time because i because i didn't realize how many insecurities i had like over the way i looked or like or at least how i perceived on wow. camera or like how my body looked and also like i gained weight over the quarantine which is fine but like you don't know how that's going to translate in camera and just kind of going through that process and then actually posting it it was kind of like a really weirdly spiritual experience i think Oh, wow. Yeah, I saw those photos on your Instagram. And I actually purposely didn't uh, save any of those for the interview because they were all kind of erotic. <laughs> That's okay. And YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, like, like, uh, and, and also, like, props on that. Like, you weren't scared to sort of, like, show your body and to be comfortable and, and sort of still use your aesthetic. Like, you didn't sort of censor yourself. You kind of just still created what you want with your own Yeah, self. I think that's what I'm saying. Like, I... I was I was a little bit wary and hesitant of posting some of them and actually going through with it, but it it was very like uh, liberating to just kind of not give a fuck. <laughs> you feel like a little liberated, like putting your titties on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, that sounds kind of fucked up to say it like that. It sounds kind of fucked up. Sorry, it sounds like mean. Sorry, I, but like I don't know how else to say it. I think. You know, I think it's not bad. I think it's like, yeah, I put, I post selfies and things like that. And I know I just, they're just for fun. Uh -huh. Right. But I think a lot of the times putting as a photographer, 
shooting myself and putting myself as the subject on an Instagram feed seems kind of like mm-hmm. a big deal. Like, I don't look yeah. at myself as a subject. I'm the person shooting you, you know, shooting someone. So to look at myself as the subject and as the inspiration really behind the images, it was like a very interesting feeling if that makes any sense. Mm. Yeah. Because your feed is like the curated highest form of your art. And so to like put yourself there and to hold it under the same regards, maybe that has like a different feeling. That too, for sure on the physical level, but also like just kind of taking the role of being photographed instead of, I mean, I did photograph myself, but, but also being on the other side of the camera is just such a different experience. Mm. Cause like, I I was you know because you have to like know what expression you're doing you kind of have to go into like acting a little bit and then like you have to get outside of your comfort level and you kind of have to really keep pushing through because like I don't have a remote control unfortunately so I literally was like running back and forth (laughs) oh my in between the timers and you don't know how many times I was frustrated, just like, oh, shit, I just missed that one thing. I missed this one thing. My hair was out or yeah. my, you know, whatever was in the way. And like just kind of pushing through those annoying moments and figuring it out by myself. I think that process also was very um, therapeutic for some reason. It, it felt it just felt like a different experience. Well, even just looking at your own body is is weird too, because we everyone deals with yeah. that. Like we all have like this this dysmorphia yeah, of what we all look I, like. That that definitely helped me a lot, and I think I really think everyone should do it. I, you know, doesn't have to be like, you know, putting yourself completely out there. But I think um, that I think like, and what I mean by that is like fully going for it like um as in getting the props setting up the lighting not just doing like a simple shoot but like actually visioning an idea that you would for your model and putting that same effort because i think that's something i never did in the past where i was if i were ever shooting myself it was like oh i'll just do like a simple black and white behind a white wall you know just because i didn't want to take too Mm -hmm. long or just because i'm just testing out a lighting but if I'm actually doing that with a model, I'm going to be a little more prepared. I'm going to have like certain backdrops. I see what you're saying. And I saying. think taking that extra step for yourself as a photographer is a very interesting and a different experience um, where you get to learn who you are as a photographer and as a subject. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, I like that idea because... You're right. Whenever I've done stuff of myself, which is rare, like put the timer on and it's never the full production. Like you're saying, like it's never, you don't treat yourself like you treat the model. Like you you don't think about the, yeah, you're right. I don't think about all the extra details, like the location, the time of day, how my hair is looking, all that stuff. It's like, why not give yourself some love and do it for yourself? Um, Like I, I, when I first, the first time I did it, like I, it felt like I was, treating myself in a in a weird way like treating myself to like self-care session or something yeah Mm -hmm. that's interesting like like, yeah it's like slightly therapeutic yeah huh i like that maybe i'll try that i have this like sweet (laughs) 
I have this like sweet fire escape back here and I've been wanting to do some like black and white, like film, like cigarette Ooh, New York yeah, vibes. Should. I kind of miss, but like, yeah. Like I miss that aesthetic because I think a lot of the times everybody's like, oh, let's throw some gels, which, you know, I'm, I'm definitely all for, but I think sometimes there are mm. moments where I look at like, you know, helmet, uh, helmet Newton, and like his black and white photographs and they're just so simple and it's just the essence of the person and the vibe that they're giving and i think that that's we need to see more of those two is what i'm saying it's so timeless like black and white film is is so timeless and personally i've fallen in love with film now like since two years ago, like I was all digital back then. And I only shot like mm. in sacks, which I thought it was so mm. cool for doing. But like now I shoot all film. Like I only really want to shoot film because I love the fact that I love the interaction of film. Like the idea that I'm not chimping. I like the idea that like they can't see it. I like the idea that, you know, it slows me down. And it slows the whole process down. The fact that before if I yeah. did shoot and I had one, I could do shoot, I could do like a whole shoot now on one roll of film. Like and I, I'll just slow it down, wait until it's right, communicate more, and you're and I'm spending more time dealing with the yeah, model yeah. than I am sitting there thinking like, is my is my f stop too high? Is it too low? Is my shutter speed too? Like you can't yeah. do that. You just have to kind of know what you're doing, and it's it's made photography more enjoyable. That's for interesting. For some reason, like I wish I could be like that, <laughs> but I think I'm. I have to say, like I'm just such a digital shooter. And maybe they'll change in the future, but man, it's probably just because I'm not used to it and I haven't like mastered it. But every time I do an editorial with film, I like don't like anything from it. <laughs> yeah, oh, really? because like you, there's like you said, there's no room for error. You just have to go with it. And it's and mm-hmm. and when you're when you don't have the ability to see. I think a lot of my photographs and the things that I do are not simple. There's always a lot of lighting going on. There's always a lot of props going on. Difference. Yeah. And I think when that happens and on top of that, you don't have like an assistant and it's just for like an editorial for fun or something. It's something always kind of doesn't happen the way you want it to. That's, but that's different. That's different because when you're doing stuff like you do and there's so many moving pieces, like just looking at some of your work, you have like two or three gels, a background light, like two lights up front. Like, I don't know if I even want to attempt that on film. Like yeah. when I'm talking like my film stuff, I'm like shooting editorials yeah, outside I natural see. light with like maybe a but reflector. I've seen, I'm not shooting. Yeah, but like, I've seen like photographers who own, like I remember I once got almost hired for a really big photographer um, who only shot film. And she goes, do you shoot film? And I was like, not my own personal work. And she's like, I can't hire you. I'm sorry. Like, because that's how much she only shoots film. She only shoots film for all her work, all her clients. And she shot for like ID magazine, like uh, Vice, Vice, like all of that type of style. And um, Mm -hmm. she's like, sorry, if you don't know how to do film, you can't help me. So I, I, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. She's probably like using digital to like, Maybe. Test. like what a lot of people do is like, what I'll do is like, you'll get it right. And when you finally get it right in digital, you just copy the settings over to your film. Yeah. Camera. Yeah. 
and then you get that film yeah. aesthetic. Yeah, or you convert your digital but, image into something that looks like film. Hey, I, and you know what? That's a great <laughs> argument. But my no, argument is that half the reason I shoot, no, seriously, but my, my argument is half the reason I shoot film is that so I don't have to edit it. Mm, There's mm-hmm. something magic about film that makes it so it gives it its own You're right. You're absolutely right. To where I yeah. don't, like the skin isn't as detailed, which is nice. So you don't yeah. have to edit retouches yeah, much. No. Like the the colors are you can't rep yeah no i completely agree you can't replicate anything that you do in digital or you can't replicate film in any way you can get it really close but you're gonna always have to manipulate it but with film like it always looks amazing just as it is yeah and Mm -hmm. i want to pull up something of yours i thought is really cool because it's something to me that it yeah. screams like this is digital only. Um, and, and which is cool because <laughs> I was like really baked last night thinking about you and thinking about the work that you do. It's like really, really, really reflecting on it. And I was like, you know, like what Crystal's doing with some of her work, it's like you're pushing digital boundaries of digital because it's like digital is such a confined thing that you're doing these things to like change it and to use it for purposes that it's mm-hmm. not meant for here. Like this photo right here. God, my computer's such a toaster. Okay, here we go. Oh, this one. Like this yeah. one right here. Like, and, and I have a couple of examples, but like this one is, you, can you yeah. talk about this? Actually, one? it's so funny. Like, this is not my favorite work at all, but a lot of people always go to this one. So the whole editorial, it was just a fun editorial shoot for submission that a team and I wanted to do and um we wanted the whole editorial to be blurry you know usually you get like one or two photos that are slightly blurry but you never really see an editorial where like every single photo is like very blurry and so that's what we really Mm -hmm. wanted to try and do um and so it was my first time testing out blurs with gels and it's actually kind of difficult to get the settings right i don't i couldn't even tell you how i got this but um so basically it was just a fashion story with a bunch of like blurs and a lot of like uh surreal romantic type of vibe like a lot of pinks and reds and oranges and a little bit of blues um and i think for this one i had like one gel and one constant light and i just put the shutter speed pretty low and i just keep play i just kept playing around with it and i remember um it was easier if I moved the photo or if I moved the camera rather than if the model moved because oh so like when she's standing there it's not her moving you you like you took it with like a slow shutter speed and then you just slightly moved it um whenever the model moved it just was too much movement because she doesn't know what I'm doing so it was much easier for everything else to be stagnant and then for me to control it um so once i got the i remember like the first 20 minutes i was struggling so much like hopefully no one noticed but i was like i don't know what the fuck i'm sorry i'm probably not supposed to curse but i (laughs) oh no you can't you can say whatever the fuck you want this is a podcast we're we're in the wild west you you don't gotta worry about it hoping nobody would notice but then eventually i think like you know during hair and makeup changes i kept practicing with one of the stylists and i got the setting to where i wanted it Mm -hmm. to be but um, like for this one too, I just had her look at me straight on and I just kind of like flick the camera from left to right or something like that. 
Well, it's so cool because as someone who's been watching your style, it's like, I noticed that you were like, you started delving into using gel colored flashes and then you started doing like dual tone gel color flashes. But then I thought this photo shoot was so next level from you because you added in this blur. And I like, I noticed within yeah. your work, you really loved kind of obstructing and, de and yes. like destroying the, the, the cleanness of digital. And so when I <laughs> saw this you. blur, I was like, oh my God, that's so genius. Like, mm -hmm. like that blur is so perfect. Like that face blur, it's like you can still see everything, but you have this nice effect that may or may not yeah, have been um, Photoshop. I really, really try not, not to Photoshop anything. I think, I think, um, it's, uh, it's it's a style that I've committed to within photography because when everything is so digitalized, you I think it's just not as impressive as someone said, oh yeah, I photoshopped that. And whenever I was impressed with a photo and then I would Google or I would look at the interview or talk to the actual photographer and they were like, oh, I photoshopped everything. And you see the before photo, it's really like, not that impressive to me just because like you anybody can kind of like go and color that but i think getting it right in camera the first time is always yeah. like it feels it's harder but it's more true to the authenticity of creation but you know everybody's viewpoint on that is different and that's just something that i prefer no you you're you're one hundred percent right. There, you get way more props for doing it all <laughs> in camera and in the photo than you do editing because you can do anything with editing. Yeah, but to like to actually get it right, like get the lights right, get the gels right, get the motion blur right. There's a lot of moving parts. Like I couldn't just yeah. try that. Yeah, I mean there are some amazing artists who really like do all that Photoshop work, and I find a lot of inspiration there. But I think. I, yeah. Okay, like photography, the literal definition of photography is writing with light, right? So if you're not going to mm. explore lighting, then you're, what are you doing? <laughs> like, you're right. It's yeah, you're literally light. creating a, a, a whole entire, ima you're imagining something through lighting. So I feel like if you are tired of it or if you need to use photoshop to do it you just haven't explored photography and lighting to its full potential if that makes sense interesting yeah like you haven't you haven't conquered your use of light yet like you're kind of making up for it in a way yeah and i you know that's just my that's just what i like to do that's like my yeah i, I that's yeah. just your theory. It's like then you have then you have people who are like somewhere between photography and graphic designers or graphic mm -hmm. artists, and you're like, what? Like it's just a new almost art form. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I totally find, yeah, and I totally find inspiration from that as well. But if I like look at like a painting or like a graphic design, and I love that, I'm always like, okay, how can I do this without photoshopping or, you know minimal photoshopping or how can i do this through lighting or through hanging or whatever mm. the case yeah well you know what's really fascinating is so i i did another interview today with this artist named scott hutchison and I, when i was i've been researching you both quite heavily and just like looking at your work and really taking it in, and i realized there's a lot of similarities really? between you two like i was like yeah, like I'm, I'm gonna pull up one of his photos, and I, I already know like his work is gonna inspire you because I was like, oh my god, they, they 
kind of have a lot in common here. Okay, let me let me show you. I'll show you one of my favorite pieces of his. Um, and in my opinion, I, I was like, when I was looking, I was like, oh my god, I gotta show yeah. Crystal his stuff because because I totally see you sort of like recreating this in your own way, which is funny because when he actually creates these pieces, um. Oh, yeah. He he creates them using photos that he takes of the model and then he takes them and he puts them in the Photoshop and he kind of like mixes them together until he That's finds crazy. something he likes and then he goes and paints That's it. That's really nice. Yeah, I I love the colors. Yeah, it's very me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right? Like I was like, dude, this is totally Yeah, it vibe. really is. It almost looks like she's like submerged underwater or something like that with the blue it actually kind of reminds me of something the the circle reminds me of something i just posted today um like the circle framing which is something that i'm kind of exploring uh -huh. right now like because you know in photography you're so used to seeing everything square but just doing yeah. different shapes also is interesting you know you know you're so right about that and in, in when I was talking to him, he brought, we started talking about the form of the actual piece of art. And he was saying he likes the circle because it adds to the actual photo itself. Like the yeah. way the hands were kind of going around the outside, it adds to it. Or how he had a piece where it's like a black rectangle, but he paints the character. So it almost looks like the rectangle is closing in on him. Yeah. Um, I feel... Mm -hmm. And... Yeah. Uh, no, no, no I was just going to say, like in Business Insider... Uh, the requirement for our format is horizontal just because when people read articles all the photos are horizontal but on instagram we're so used to everything being vertical and or a square but before oh, instagram so right. photos actually most of the photos were taken regular horizontal because that's what the camera camera uh the interface is kind of set for that so I thought that was so interesting. Yeah. And then now, because I'm so used to shooting for Business Insider, I rarely shoot vertically. And just in thinking of that, I was like, it's so weird that we think that photos have to be a certain um, setup, but there's actually like no rules. And like, you know. That's such a good point. The fact that we've altered our creative outputs because the format is vertical. Mm -hmm. Right, like how many photos have you not posted because yeah. you're like, oh, it's too small yeah, horizontal. Yeah. yeah, that's why I'm like Instagram is kind of useless sometimes. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, if in you know, I don't know how much time you spend looking at art books, but like I have a couple art books that are from like the what the hell was that? Like the early American West, like the early, like the earliest mm -hmm. images of America, like yeah. old shit, like old shit. And the photos are actually shaped mm. like keyholes. Like so, it's it, it it looks like the shape of what like uh, Beauty and the Beast's flower in the jar looks like, where it's flat and then it has yeah. the oval on top. That was like the actual wow. camera format back That's then. That's so fascinating. And, and it, yeah, and it and it makes a photo look so sick. I was like, whoa, it's this a whole different way of approaching it. Like, why don't we think about our own photography in different shapes as well? That's really interesting. I would love to experiment with something like that. Yeah, but I think like um, yeah when you kind of allow yourself to move away from what 
you think people should produce, I think you're able to look at things a little bit differently and kind of dismantle some of those like quote unquote rules that people have placed it within just the visuals of photography. Yo, I have a total high thought right now. (laughs) Why, why are our lenses circle, but our photos come out square? (gasps) Hmm. Why don't they come out circle? Well, because it's like reflected because <laughs> the light comes in and then it bounces off of that mirror in the back, right? Yeah, yeah. It's the, it's the yeah. rectangle mirror. It's so funny though because I have a book on uh, physics of lighting and I've been reading uh-huh. it every once in a while during this quarantine and before as well. But as much as I know about settings and photography, I don't know the uh, the the technology of photography if that makes sense like mm-hmm. like i know like for example in photoshop like um you do certain things to get a certain effect but like somebody was like why do you mm-hmm. have to put in these numbers for that to happen i'm like i don't know that's just a number that you're supposed to put in to get the best results and then you mean like like settings in your camera um, not just that too but like for example like for example frequency separation right um, when you do frequency separation, oh, the yeah, top yeah, number is yeah. two, and then you put it over 128. And uh, so I was teaching mm-hmm. someone how to do that, and they were like, "How do you what? How do you know that that's a number?" Like, and I'm like, "I don't know. That's just the formula that I've been given when I was learning this. <laughs> and if you do any other so formula, true. it doesn't work." And I feel like there's also parts of the camera that I'm like unaware of why that happens. And maybe it's not significant, maybe it is significant, but it's just kind of funny that, like, just the question you just asked, like, are, I never even thought about thinking that. Like, are you, do you, th- are you saying that, like, you think that maybe you would, fur- you could further manipulate digital if you knew more about the actual workings but of the But that's what camera? I'm saying. I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Like, um, actually, yeah. uh, speaking of that just reminded me, I recently learned, I don't know if you already know this, but when you let's say you want to take a macro shot of a texture or something mm-hmm. you can take your camera off, lens off while it's already on set it on manual mode flip it on the camera body place it together and you automatically have a uh macro lens like i wait kid a minute, you wait not wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute so you're yeah. telling me you take your camera yes you take the lens off and you just you can't screw yes. it back in, but yep. you just hold it so up to where they, it would be. Yeah. So I'll tell you something. So for Business Insider, they were doing a story on marijuana for 420, right? So they were like, "Can you take some shots of marijuana and CBD? Like, we don't really care how you get it, but you know, whatever." <laughs> so yeah. So I wanted to take You're some like, really right. close up, like texture shots of marijuana and like the the crystallization or whatever. And so I didn't have a macro lens and I thought of using a magnifier. And then I had read somewhere that you can flip your lens backwards. So you literally, um, all you got to do is wherever you want the shot, you set the setting and then you flip the camera, you take the lens out while your body camera body is on and then just put it back, flip it over. Um, they also have adapters that you can purchase. That's like only 25 bucks. Um, the only thing is you would Mm -hmm. just need to be careful not to damage like the inside sensor, but,
but I mean, Hey, if you're on a budget and you need to get some work done for a client, it's the perfect way to do it. And it yep, worked. You used it, it for those weeks. It was shops? so close up. It was actually kind of creepy because the, the marijuana just looked like a hairy tarantula. Yeah, <laughs> it really does. When you get close enough, it's like no yeah. longer you like try chromes. You're like, what the fuck is this hairy yeah. tarantula leg doing here? It's kind of weird looking. Yeah, but but anyway, basically, yeah. like I feel like maybe there's some other tricks that we may not know that we can somehow manipulate imagery just with our camera and lens. Yeah, like just how you're using just how you're yeah. using like shutter drag, or just how like I've heard of really weird lighting techniques, like like delay flash or some shit like that what yeah i i um you know the what is it called double exposure so i've done it yeah. once in camera before i don't know if you've tried that um style list yeah because um, usually when i think of double exposure in digital in the digital sense i think of photo photo uh photoshopping it or like layering images right and then controlling the opacity or stacking exactly. them but i didn't realize until like this past year that you could do it in camera um and i thought that was actually really interesting like if you do it the right way you can actually get things done really 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 magnific magnificently yeah, well, I mean, that's like such an old mm -hmm. film technique because back in the day, your film wouldn't advance itself. You would, if you didn't right. turn the dial to advance the right. film, you would just take it on top of it. And I remember like when I first started using like Lomography cameras, that was one of my favorite things to do is like think about my settings. Okay, I have to dial yeah. it down a little bit so I can put one on top and think about what's on the background and what's on the foreground. And even like that piece of art I showed you, that could be a sick double exposure where like, you shoot the girl normal and then you shoot her with blue lights. And then like you do another one with like red lights. And then all of a sudden you have like a, a Scott. Yeah, there you go. That piece. was a perfect uh, new technique to do that. I have never tried yet. Sorry, just getting my charger. Boom. I've... Coming, coming to Instagram. <laughs> you should try it and let me know how that goes. Honestly, I haven't shot in digital creatively in so long. I'm kind of really? scared to do anything like that. <laughs> yeah, it's just been all film creatively. So are you mostly shooting with film right now? Yeah, anything oh, creative wow. I, I shoot I with I didn't film. even realize that. Like, I know you write that in your posts, but I didn't realize that that was pretty much everything that you, like, how you've been shooting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I've I've been enjoying it a lot. Like I finally just got the the film developed for over quarantine. I got like six rolls. I got to scan, and oh, that's a lot of work. But so do you, see have you also shot client work with film? Yeah, a few times. Yeah, I, I'll include okay. that in the budget. Um, yeah, but yeah, definitely, definitely. If you want that right. aesthetic, get it. Pay for the. Yeah, that's the other thing that I think film with the processing and the post processing and all of that even just as a hobby it was it definitely adds up over time yeah that's oh, why i got the you scanner have a, to do it myself because nice. it's like wait you talk mm -hmm. like the dark room mm -hmm. stuff yeah, or or no, no 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 i don't i don't i don't develop it so what i'll do is i'll get it developed so I it's see. just negatives i'll get back 
And then I'll take the negatives and I have like a flatbed scanner, which basically is like a normal computer scanner, I think. I don't freaking know. I see. Yeah, no, I know. But, what you mean. Um, yeah, nice. And I just scan it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's great. It's kind of a time sink, but time, time versus yeah. money depends on what you got, right? So, <laughs> yeah. A little bit of control is nice too. Yeah. So I like that, mm -hmm. you know, me and Phil. So, how are, how are things in DC right now? Is it getting back to normal slowly? so slowly but it's weird like mm -hmm. so we just entered phase two and that means that like the gyms could open that means that the hair salons can finally open right. that means that restaurants can start seating inside but even with that it's weird because it's like you gotta seat every other table i went to the gym and i have to wear plastic gloves and a face mask Wait, really? to work out <laughs> yes Yes, I was doing bench presses, and I they were trying to tell me I had to wear plastic gloves in a in a in a face mask to do bench presses. I was oh like, "You gotta be shitting me!" Like, like, and even amongst that, there's like no foam rolling. Like, you gotta work six feet apart from everyone. So, I actually, I was so pissed off that I did like two sets, and I was just like, "Fuck this!" And I went, and I canceled my membership. And right, I was like, I'll right. be back when this yeah. is over. That's crazy. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so it's only phase two in DC, and um it's 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 yeah. just weird that it's just slowly getting yeah. back and i'm like really curious as the how fashion how the fashion industry is going to recover from the pandemic like i'm really curious about that like you think they're going under because they have been right yeah because it's been like stuff? what a few months and they're probably not it's things are probably not going to get back into normal until at least september like fully normal and i'm just kind of curious in terms of like the 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 business side and the economic side of the fashion industry um and just like where photography kind of has like a role in that as well and just content production in general like where mm -hmm. that's gonna all go yeah that's a good question because it, it it starts at the top right and the photographer's like the last thought but if they're not selling, they're not manufacturing. If they're not manufacturing, they're not selling. So it's kind of like, who's who's going to be left after all said and done? Yeah, like a part of me was like, even considering, like, if you're only doing fashion, like, you're kind of screwed, you know? Like, if, if you're or only doing one, one, like, specific niche, I feel like. Well, it made me think about, like, as if opening a brick and mortar wasn't yeah. dumb enough corona just made it equally dumb because now now you weren't just shut down for three months but now you had people loot oh, your right. store yeah. as you were getting ready to open imagine yeah. that shit holy crap like uh, you haven't been able to do business for three four months and now all of a sudden someone yeah. stole all your inventory like yeah like it's different if you're nike but like it's if you're just someone trying to come yeah. up it's that's a yeah that's crazy yeah so yeah, the protests down here in D.C. have been pretty yeah, crazy, bet. too. It's like in the center of, like, the government, <laughs> where all the government is. Dude, people are yeah. wild. I haven't gone down there personally. But. Yeah, I went to, I didn't mean to, but I kind of went to, like, this uh, speaking event um, from one of the governors here, I think. I don't even remember. And then mm -hmm. I got there too late because I finished work late. And then 
the protests were coming coming towards my way. So I kind of ended up joining them for like a quick second. And then, yeah, it was it was kind of cool. It was, the energy was kind of good just because like everybody was there and they were all like, uh, the, the positive. And it wasn't like a protest protest. It was more like a speaking event. So like the energy was very fired up and very positive. So that was cool. But I haven't really like gone to the city mm -hmm. yet. So that would be amazing though. Like someone actually suggested to like do that right now because it's empty. The streets are completely empty. So dude. So yeah, I imagine it's all board up. I remember when COVID first started here in DC, I took a bike ride down. Like this is like right when it first started, when everyone was like super worried, right? I took a bike down to downtown DC, like a Chinatown area. It was just empty. Like I even made a YouTube video about it and I just showed people how empty the downtown district was. And it was just a ghost town. Yeah, here, here too. I feel like if you, I feel like you, if you want to come to New York, like if you have a car, you should just like come here, find a model and just try and shoot something in the street while no one is here. <laughs> like, oh, that's so true. That was the perfect time. Right. But if I'm doing that, I'm doing it for like a YouTube yeah. video. I'm like 35 millimeter film right. in empty New York streets. Clickbait. <laughs> like, like, like for me, it's no longer just like it's for the grand. Right, it's like, right. It deserves a whole for video. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I know. I know. I, I've been going on a decent amount of dates oh, actually during this whole virtual thing. ones. Yeah. No, oh, real okay. life ones. <laughs> right? Is that, that is really surprising, actually? Yeah, like a like a like more than I did before. Is it, is it because everybody's been co cooped up and they just want to like go out and have fun? Yeah, everyone's trying to <laughs> fuck. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure that's yeah. what it is. Like, right? Like everyone, everyone's like needs some interaction. And a little bit of one on one isn't as bad as like. Yeah, definitely. I don't know. Yeah. I don't. I don't know what the rationale is. Yeah, I don't know. I remember a few of my friends were like telling Hornies. me that they owe. They've been talking to a lot of people online, and now they owe like a bunch of girls or guys like ten different dates after all <laughs> this whole shit is over. <laughs> Make. I, I mean, I'm jealous. I'm jealous that you've been locked in with your boyfriend. That's, I wish I had someone to Look, be locked in with, man. It's it's been rough being single in these. The streets, grass man. is always greener on the other side. <laughs> ah, okay, yeah, maybe too much of a good thing. Like it hasn't been thing. the worst, um, but you know, like different personalities just clashing, staying in the same room and stuff. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I think everybody's kind of been going through that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. These, some some of these girls got like ten dates lined up. Like as soon as things open back up. But if you ask me, I've been enjoying these like low budget dates. Uh, actually, I, and not yeah. just because I'm a tight, not just because I'm a tightwad, but they're actually yeah. more enjoyable. Like I enjoy them more. Like going to a park and sitting out mm -hmm. and drinking like some like, wine that isn't gonna like. Blow yeah. Your actually, like I've kind of feel one of the things I kind of like started to notice was how much I kind of don't idolize the idea of romanticism if that makes sense like as in a little bit as in like i think society's idea of like what's romantic or what dating is is like not really authentic if that makes sense because like 
Like, like in the like sense what? where, like exactly what you just said, when you first meet someone, you're getting mm-hmm. to know them. You're trying to figure out who they are, but taking someone mm-hmm. out into just like a fancy place or even just a regular place and just kind of a lot of the girls or it could be the guys too, expecting something out of that first time versus like mm-hmm. what you just said, going to a park and just talking and like truly getting to know someone in like a calmer state i feel like there's a different expectation and different goals with the park versus what can the guy do for me that's like gonna impress me like it's it's a little bit different the dynamic you're so right like there's like this weird notion that a date needs to be a nice dinner with wine and then like you smash afterwards. But in reality, it's like you're spending all this extra time and this extra awkwardness sitting in front of each other. And like maybe just going for a walk isn't a bad idea. Yeah, And I think that um, hopefully maybe the quarantine kind of brought us all back to (laughs) what I call like our, like it's natural. It's natural to want to do that, to go to a park and just chill, I think. And yeah. I mean, I, last week I went on my first like bar date where you're sitting mm-hmm. like outside at a bar and I, I didn't really enjoy it. Like I would have much rather been at a park laying on a blanket, kicking back, like not sitting so face to face, like ju- like commenting. And I realized that like when you're in these scenarios, that's like the typical dating thing, like sitting in front of someone and just only having that to talk about, you end up talking about very stupid resume surface stuff as opposed to when you're sitting out somewhere or going for a walk somewhere or doing something outside, you you kind of get to know someone by how they look right. at the world as opposed to this resume they're giving you right. sitting in front of you. Like I think a lot of people don't realize that, you know, eventually when you settle down or if you have like a long-term, if you're in a long-term relationship, compatibility is very important. <laughs> and that's what you should be looking mm-hmm. at in your date. Well, if you're serious about it, of course. But um, like even just hanging out with my friends, like we've been going to parks, we've been doing like workouts together and just going to the forest and, you know, smoking and stuff like that. And I feel like in the past, we've always hung out in the city at like a restaurant or a cafe or going to an event together. And I feel like it's uh, so much more intimate when we just like go to a park and it's not like you can just remove yourself all of a sudden if you feel uncomfortable. So I think that's also mm-hmm. a good thing. Yeah, it's it's like this whole sort of pandemic has also given us more appreciation for community and our friends, but also for how, how we engage that. Like it doesn't always necessarily need to be around this conventional like cafe, like you said, yeah. or an event or something. It can just be enjoying each other's company somewhere yeah like when we were in high school and like yeah and i'm like also finding uh like different inspiration uh with my photography by being in nature too so do you have like a new sort of inspiration or goal with like your creative side or just your photography in general yeah i think i'm kind of at a place where i'm kind of want to expand more than photography. Like for some reason I'm not attached, like I'm not attached to anything that I've done up till now. 
and I'm kind of going into more digital work, which I never thought I would. So like, for mm. example, right now I'm really into manipulating my photos with after effects um, and kind of merging video with photo or taking photo and then merging that with like a moving component. Um, so I'm exploring that mm -hmm. and hopefully I would love to get into like video or like short film, like really, really, really short film, not like really long ones, um, like a few minutes, like that kind of thing. Um, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. But the right now I'm. No, I love that. I love that work you've been posting and I didn't, I didn't save that content because yeah. there's a lot of nudity <laughs> in it and. And for some reason, YouTube finds that one second with nipple in my two hour long really? conversations and decides to demonetize my video. I did a two hour conversation with this photographer named Seb, Seb Xavier, and it was like the edge of a butt what? cheek and they, and they limited That's the monetization crazy. on the video. I was like, so I, I was like, you know, I'll just, we'll just talk about it. And maybe in the future, I'll like, I'll pull it up, but we'll, I'll censor it later. But yeah, I was like, how'd they find that? <laughs> what the heck? But sorry, I didn't know that. I didn't know it was that, there, that uh, strict. Yeah, dude, they're Nazis about that stuff. I thought they were upset about the fact that we were talking about the Chinese <laughs> Revolution. But when I requested review for the video, like yeah. we were talking about the Chinese Revolution, uh, when I requested review, I read it and it said for showing like suggested oh. nudity or showing like, like, and it was a fine art photo he had taken that is not yeah. erotic or nude at all. It was just the back that's, of a girl. That's really yeah. interesting. <sighs> I thought it. Yeah. But I love that work that you've been doing with the photo manipulations. I think that's very cool. It's, it felt very like genre pushing, which is. Yeah. Cool. I think I'm just um, ex exploring different ways to, to, to push or deconstruct the image. Hmm. By putting like the moving like spheres on it and the water yeah. and shit like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, or what'd you say? Were you doing like what? Like what? Or what? Or what? Uh, or what you're probably about to say. No, like just adding. I'm not really sure. I'm just honestly right now, like I'm not, I don't really have defined goals. Like one of my friends was just asking me this morning, like, what are, what are your business goals? Like, what are your plans? And I'm like, yo, like, honestly, I have no goals right now. I am enjoying or trying to enjoy just doing whatever it is that I feel like doing. And um, not to say that I'm tired of photography, but I think I am a little bit. Like, um, I'm like constantly looking for like the new thing that I haven't done. And once I feel like I've done done all the techniques of something I kind of want to do something mm. else and I know that I still have a lot to learn with photography and there's always something to learn but I think I'm at that stage now where I'm ready to learn different digital techniques to add on to that and I'm like I said in the beginning like I'm in that learning phase so I'm just soaking in as much information and just trying to expand like my creativity but I have no set goals for right now. Well, I, I think I think I think that's cool to even at, like just say that and be like, yeah, like I don't fucking have some grandiose goals. But I think what's important is that you know it's cool that you're not pigeonholing yourself and it's your crystal, the artist who who takes photos right now, not crystal the photographer. Yeah, I think forever. that's the thing. Like I I don't like defining myself. I really 
I really don't like defining and I also love surprising people. I love surprising myself. I love being very new. I'm very into like innovative stuff. Like I'm very into mm. ideas that I may not have thought of. Like that's what inspires me when other people think of something and I'm like, damn, why didn't I think of that? Like that inspires me a lot. So when I create, like I always try to pull from those um storages in my head where i was like i've never thought of that how can i use this to create something that maybe someone else has never seen ah yeah create something that feels like fresh yeah. to you like the mm -hmm. like the, what you're saying with like the after effects sort of manipulations like that's 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 sick you don't see much of that besides that one sort of muramasa yeah. effect but that's it yeah yeah mm -hmm. i think something like that <laughs> Yeah, 100. 100. Well, Crystal, I think we maybe should yeah. just wrap it up there. It's been a it's been a fire hour and 45 <laughs> that we've nice. been wrapping for. Yeah, it's been so it's been so good. Yeah, like, no, this was really like, good. I feel like I don't First of all, I haven't seen my photography friends in a very long time. And number two, like I don't really get to talk about photography like this um in general. So this has been really good. Yeah. Yeah, same. I, I don't get to express some of these ideas about like the minute stuff. Yeah, like, and I think or like or or, or the, yeah. Or I mean, like I think it's really good just because like you know maybe someone else is going through something like this, and like I think it's really good to hear both sides and see how different people handle things and what they're going through, because that's what helps me in my journey when I hear other people's journeys too. So, thank you so much for having me on here. Of course, I'll have you yeah. back in another two years. <laughs> That's crazy. Look, if if I make it to two more years, I will be so happy with myself. The fact that I made it four years for a podcast. Yeah, why not? I, I don't see why you would stop. <laughs> oh, no, trust me. I don't. I have right. to die for to stop. Yeah. Like, I'd literally have to be yeah. dead. So, but, you know, that's, yeah. I don't want to think about so that. So I'll see you that's in two years on the virtual digital space and then hopefully soon in the physical space <laughs> yeah i know i know likewise if you're in dc or when i go down there yeah no i want to go there in, soon you know, so i'll definitely stuff. let you know yeah awesome guys well that's it that's the angle peace out yeah happy two years guys thank, thank you, you so guys. much for listening <laughs>